Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And today we are discussing a brand new book which comes out on January the 6th next year. It's called Wahala and we absolutely devoured it. We are so excited because joining us today is the author herself, Nikki May. We could talk about this book all day, especially with her. So grab a wine and join us. We both read Wahala in November and it's a new release we've been very excited for and we just couldn't wait any longer, basically. (laughs) And we were then invited to a showcase by Penguin where we met the author in person and she is just as fabulous as we were expecting. And I am delighted to introduce her to the podcast. So, Nikki, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on Book Records. It was so nice meeting you. Oh my God, the pleasure is all mine. We've been so giddy about this all day, <laughs> Nikki. Like, I can't wait to chat to her again. And, and actually, this is my excuse to have a glass of wine on a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As promised, we have also come armed with a glass of wine because that's how all the best conversations start, <laughs> isn't it? Absolutely. Certainly in my book, they do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very true. So with that perfect segue... Um, when we were at the Penguin event, you were interviewed and you gave such an incredible um, overview of the book's plot. So not too much pressure to put on you here, Nikki, but could you give an overview of the plot for the listeners today? Okay, I've written this book. It's called mm-hmm. Wahala and other people describe it as sex in the city with the killer edge. And I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. It's a modern subversive take on friendship, family and culture. And it's underpinned by this epic revenge story. In West Africa, I'm from Nigeria. The word Wahala is ubiquitous. You hear it 10 times a day, usually with a sigh or a groan. It means trouble. And there's quite a lot of, a lot of trouble in my book. Mm-hmm. It centers on 330 something friends living in London and they have a mix they share a mixed Nigerian British heritage Ronk is a dentist she's dating Kayade and she's desperate for him to be the one her friends however think he's just another in a long line of very dodgy Nigerian boyfriends mm-hmm. and there's Boo she's got everything Ronke wants she's got the perfect husband gorgeous child huge kitchen but she's frustrated and unfulfilled Simi is the golden one with the perfect lifestyle on the surface at any rate and then rich and glamorous Isabel explodes into the friend group and at first we think she's bringing out the best in the friends but Isabel is a wrecking ball and her motives for causing Wahala propel the narrative all the way to this rather shocking twist at the end. Done! So good. Mic drop right there. And I love that you mentioned the fact that people have said that this is you know uh similar to Sex and the City I'm a huge Sex and the City fan and oh I was me like, too oh, okay <laughs> so I'm glad that you're happy with that and I get and I can see it there um it's a tight friendship group and they're all middle class with amazing wardrobe so I guess <laughs> it makes like complete sense <laughs> It was, I think a lot of books that feature black people tend to be based on struggle or pain, but we're not a monolith. And some of us are just living our best lives and (laughs) doing the best we can and getting on with it. And we like shopping and we like eating out and we've got the same worries about paying our mortgage and everything else. So I thought it'd be nice to have a book about brown people that really could be about any people. Totally. Couldn't agree more. So true. 
Um, so you did dive into the characters a little bit there in your description. So thank you so much. Um, and we wondered how you, like, how did you create the characters? Are they similar to people you know, or or are they similar to sort of a character you've seen in a film and you thought, oh, I'd love to sort of make up my own character that's similar to that. I'd love to know a little bit of your thought process behind each of them because they're so unique and so fab. Oh, thank you. Um, it's not autobiographical, but there are little bits of me in all in some of the characters. Mm. So Simi dropped out of medical school. I did that. My dad was freaked out the same as hers was. Boo has always tried to adapt. She's always tried to blend in. And I've done that. When I was yeah. working in advertising for 20 years, I straightened my hair. I made sure my accent didn't give away that I was educated in Nigeria. I uh-huh. tweaked my name. Nikki is a derivative of my Nigerian name, More Nikki. But that was way too unpronounceable. So I changed it to Nikki. And like Roncare, my maternal grandparents wanted nothing to do with us because they were not happy that my mum had married a black man. So there's a little bit of me in all of them. Mm-hmm. But Isabel, I confess, there's no none of me in Isabel. But I was, <laughs> I was watching that. <laughs> I was watching Killing Eve when I was writing the book, and I am in love with Villanelle. Villanelle. Now that you said that, they there was a little bit. The side boob at lunch was definitely (laughs) inspired by by Villanelle. And I mean, I think things just filter through from everything. So there are little bits of my friends there. One of my best friends, Maxine, has a scatter cushion problem. When you go and visit, (laughs) you're literally brushing scatter cushions off the sofa so you can sit on it. So I I gave Ronka her scatter cushions, and I've got other friends another friend called Nikki whose wardrobe is just depressing every time you see her she rocks up in some other amazing outfit (laughs) but I gave Simi her wardrobe and my friends keep saying which one's me but there isn't one person that's anybody it's sort of a reflection of lots and lots of different people I either know or read about oh I love that my favorite character was definitely Simi I want her wardrobe I want her job I want her husband I was about to say I want her husband I want the bank of Martin I want the bank of Martin but I also want her flat and Mm. I think I said this to you when we um after a few glasses of wine when we last met I want the husband that goes away for about three months at a time and you know he just drops back in on weekends sometimes like with his credit card perfect (laughs) with the credit card I totally agree do you have- All she's missing is a dog. If Simi had a dog, her <laughs> life would be perfect. Very true. <laughs> Do you have a favourite character that you're most attached to? Everybody thinks it's Ronke, and I do love Ronke, but I actually think Simi is the most interesting character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that imposter syndrome, I honestly think I'm yet to meet a woman who doesn't have imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. We're cursed by it. It just pushes yeah. us down. I mean, even now when everybody says, oh, you must be on top of the world. No, I'm sitting here thinking, are they really reading my book and is it going to flop? So I think Simi... Simi has this lovely exterior where she appears mm-hmm. to be golden to everyone. Yeah. And I actually think I've got a big soft spot for her. Us yeah. too. Yeah. Us too. Um, I wanted to shake Boo. It's <laughs> so infuriating. And yeah. so I just wondered, is it fun to write a destructive character? Like, did you really enjoy making her have all her flaws? Or, or were totally. you just as frustrated with her? <laughs> 
Well, I've got, I'm not a mum, but I've got lots of friends who are mums. And honestly, sometimes they're infuriating. And I think there was this sort of, I think it's really difficult to be a mother. I think it's difficult to be a woman, period. Mm -hmm. But you sort of, you're taught to expect you can have it all. And the magazines tell you, you can have everything. And then I think it's so easy to feel trapped and to think, is this it? So although Boo gets a lot of stick from my initial (laughs) readers, I do feel a bit sorry for her because I also think when you put on top of all the tough things about being a woman, when you put on top of that, this biracial thing and the Uh fact that she never knew her home and she never has felt, she's never felt like she belongs. And I think what's happened to Boo is she's adapted to fit in so much that she's actually disconnected from who she really is. Totally. So I think we should cut her a little bit of slack, but yes, <laughs> All right. I, did, All right. I did want to slap her even when I was writing her. <laughs> but it's, it's a good point, the ad- identity crisis that she has because of her upbringing, but also the identity crisis that she had once she became a mother as well. That really came through to the yeah. book. Is, you know, yeah. She doesn't really recognise her relationship anymore, her relationship with her friends, with, with her child, and also yeah. her role as a mum or a stay-at-home mum or a working mum. She's, she's just really confused into what um, box she wants to put herself into and what one she fits, you know, I agree and also the boo in my head because in my head these women are alive living creatures the boo in my head before she met Simi and Ronka she didn't really have close friends so Simi and Ronka are the only real friends she has and this having a child she's the only one with a kid so I think again Mm. it's made her feel distanced from her from what she thinks her life should be she's also the smartest one so she's a bit pissed off that their careers are going places (laughs) while hers has stalled but Yeah. yeah I can see why she needs a slap occasion. (laughs) (laughs) that backstory that you've just given her also makes it really easy to realize why she gets so swept up with Isabel She's like, exactly. oh, and another person that wants to be my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll that with her. And Isabel, I do, there are people like that. They're people who know exactly what buttons to push oh, and exactly yeah. what to say to wheedle stuff out of you and how to make you feel good and how to make how to feel, make you feel that they're the person who's got your back. I've certainly met people like that where after a couple of glasses of wine, I'm saying things that I really shouldn't be saying. And actually, I'm not even sure I mean, but they've sort yeah. of swept you along in this come with me to this terrible terrible place god thing. yeah um what glass of wine are you on now Nikki? how much can we get out of you today <laughs> no don't do this <laughs> you promised to be nice <laughs> but there were parts of the book where Isabel is talking to boo and I'm like boo don't fall for it honestly <laughs> like oh, you, it's so transparent what she's trying to do but there are those people in life who are just completely oblivious to the outside sort of niceties and the false exterior that you get from manipulative people like Isabel. And also uh, Isabel comes with this history that she's been Simi's friend since she was five. And in some ways, when somebody says, oh, this person's great, I've known them all my life, you sort of give them credit that you wouldn't give a stranger. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And I love how complicated your characters are they're not yeah they're these you just said they're living people inside your head but they're very much living people inside our yeah. head as well they are such 3d real people and we know we know that they're our friends you know I'd, I'd recognize them walking down the street and I think you've done such a superb job of building those complex characters that have all of this backstory and I think it was also really interesting how they were all jealous of each other 
and of what each other had without realizing how much they had from an outsider's perspective that others would be jealous of. Like you mentioned, That's... Ronke wants Boo's life, but Boo equally wanted, wants Ronke's life with no responsibilities and her singlehood again and, you know, getting to do what she likes. That is so spot likes. on. I think I, I I do think flawed characters and slightly bitchy characters are so much more interesting yeah. than nice people. Oh, and totally. I also think that when really good friends get together, they can say things that aren't quite they probably shouldn't say, and they yeah. they can even bitch about each other. They're things I can yeah. say about my best friends if anybody else dared say it. Like, how dare you? But I'm allowed <laughs> to say it because I love her. She's my friend, and she knows I love her. Yeah. And I think I try to get a bit of that dynamic because I know when I'm with my girlfriends we definitely have a little bitchy session and we definitely say things that we probably not that we don't mean but we don't necessarily mean the way we say yeah, them yeah. and we say a few things for effect and we exaggerate to make the point and I wanted to get a bit of that into my friends because I do think flawed nuanced characters are just so much more interesting oh couldn't agree more yeah, to read and also probably to write as well and to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and to be with yeah but when you say that there were moments when Isabel would sort of just assume and and enter into that dynamic and assume that she can say those sort of liberal things that she's mimicking the others are doing but actually you know she's new to the group exactly. and she hasn't built those many many years of understanding and friendship to be able to reach that level Exactly. Um, so you can see that happening and it yeah. sort of it it brussels Ronke up the wrong way and I, she, I think she's the most um her eyes and the most open to to what Isabel's um absolutely approach is I think Ronke in herself is actually in a strange way the most comfortable with herself mm. the only the, yeah. the problem with Ronke is she's just determined that marriage and two 2.2 kids yeah. is the only way to be happy and yeah. this father this husband must be father shaped and I think that if, if we could have got rid of that from Ronke she'd have been a perfectly happy sorted woman and have probably have kicked Simeon Boo into touch but luckily she had this flaw which made the book work a lot better <laughs> <laughs> but she also had this amazing um cooking talent as well so a lot of the book you talk about the um, Nigerian cuisine and there's a, a few yummy recipes that you've added in the back, which I think are a beautiful touch. Are you yeah. just as good a cook as you, as Ronke? I'm definitely not as good a cook, but I'm <laughs> just as obsessed with food. Are you? I probably have a hundred cookbooks. I actually read cookbooks like fish fiction. I can get a cookbook out and just, you know, if it's Nigella or Nigel Slater, I can honestly just sit there reading without thinking about it the first thing my husband and I discuss every morning is what should we eat today so I think the food obsession definitely came from my head but I also think food is a really good way to think about characters like Simi tries to control life through food so she's very controlled she doesn't do Mm. carbs except alcohol you know that sort of thing and Boo is very matter of fact about food it's sort of food is nourishment rather than joy so I think it's quite an interesting way of 
looking at different characters. And then there's breakup food. I don't know about you, but when I broke up, I either starved myself or I had to binge <laughs> on comfort food. So I think food is another really totally. good way of looking at mood. And and also I love Nigerian food. I think it, I think it's high time we had more Nigerian food in mainstream. We have Indian an Indian restaurant in every high street. Yeah. We have Chinese and it's time for Nigerian food and they have its moment. Well, I definitely plan to use some of the recipes at the back yes. of the book. For sure. I don't know how good I'll be, but I don't know how good the recipes are. So if it doesn't work, it's your fault. Okay. Um, I so this is very much a love letter to Nigerian food, but it also you said when we met you last time that you sort of saw the book as a love letter to London which I oh, really love. So is I've lived in, I live in the middle of nowhere in Dorset, Somerset borders, and it's beautiful. It's lovely. There's rolling hills, there's sheep, there's Wellingtons, there's mud, mm. and there's no shops. And I lived in <laughs> London for most of my working life for 20 odd years. And I miss it terribly. I miss, there's so many little things you miss. Yeah. So there are little places like the Peace Pagoda in Battersea Park. And oh, I used I to love. walk my dog yeah. on the way to work every morning. And we always stop at the Peace Pagoda and I'd give him a little treat and he'd sit there and I still think of little moments like that so I put them in the book and Simi's flat well when I met my now husband when we started dating he lived in a tiny little studio flat in that same building so I just made his flat yeah in the circle and it's there and Jacob the dray horse that's in my book is real and he's there and it's also I just made it much grander and much bigger and (laughs) even um, Ronke's flat is actually where my husband's parents live in Battersea and I found by making the locations places I actually knew I didn't have to think about them I could yeah. I could describe them from memory and from my head and I knew what happened when you came out of the house if you turn left this is what you'll see and yes. I do miss the bars and the restaurants and, <laughs> so, and you know so it, in some ways it is a real love story to London which is such an amazing city and the thing with London is when you live in it you forget how wonderful it is yeah. You know, we all want to go to New York or to Paris or to Rome, but London is kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And I'm also based in southwest London. So for me, the scenery oh. was so it was so vivid, it was so real because it's your manner. on my doorstep as well. <laughs> um and the and you and the the restaurant that they is sort of their restaurant where they yeah. they frequent quite often. Is that a real restaurant? It's sort of an amalgamation of lots of Nigerian restaurants. Now, this is going to sound really bonkers because I love Nigerian restaurants. They're not that many and they're all terrible. Don't <laughs> they're not listening. But the service is usually appalling. They take ages to serve you. When they do ask for your order, it's done in such a surly tone. The red wine is always cold. The white wine is always warm. It's just, it's all quite chaotic. And if six of us order, you can be sure that the food will arrive at random times, like half an hour in between. Between and the bill takes half an hour to arrive but there's something just wonderful and nostalgic yeah. and homely about it so it it's booker isn't real but it's sort of an amalgamation of lots of Nigerian restaurants that I've been to with my friends over the years oh amazing um and something I wanted to ask you about is well firstly congratulations because this book has already been agreed or it's been announced that it's becoming um, a series for the BBC right? I know it's just bonkers. Before it's even released how incredible is that? (laughs) Like no big deal but you've written the first book and it's already a series. 
I'm still not sure I believe it myself. I mean, I got my hardback actual printed copies today. So I'm actually <gasps> starting to think the book is real. I'm hoping. <laughs> but the TV thing is just mad. It's been commissioned which means not just optioned it's actually going to be made into a six-part tv series on the bbc so my dad is thrilled because he's heard of bbc he's never heard of Netflix, <laughs> so he's delighted and the late liz kilgariff who's the producer she did bodyguard and she did luther and she did the cry she's a Amazing. genius she's a legend and she really gets it i actually think she might win if we did a character quiz of the girls of wahala that's how much she gets it, it. <laughs> and the script is being written by Teresa Ikoko, who's BAFTA nominated for Rocks, which is a stunning film. So it watch is it absolutely if you stunning. It's That's so also good. on the BBC, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was film four, but it's just brilliant. So the whole thing is just amazing. And almost the best thing is I don't really have anything to do with it. So I can, <laughs> I can, can chill back. out and, yeah, and get to watch but, it all unfold. Exactly, and see what they do to it. So does that mean you don't have a say in, in who the cast is? No, unfortunately not, because I have got these very firm ideas. When I was writing it, I, had, I actually had pictures. I cannot tell you, I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> but I had three actresses and a Kaya day on the wall in front of me where I arrived. So you knew what they so, looked like. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. So what, it's going to be shocking when you. I see them. Yeah, mm. yeah. It will be. It might be quite jarring. It so might like, Wait, be. That's not... Because exactly. there's so many books you read that when you watch, you think, no, they don't look like yeah, that. They don't yeah, sound yeah. like that. Yeah. But, but hopefully it'll be a whole new, oh, look, it's different. And are they going to film Romka's flat in your um, mother and father-in-law's <laughs> flat? Can we work that out? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think they will. My mum and stepdad's flat is, my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house is very dated. So I hope they're not listening either. So yeah. hopefully... So hopefully they're not going to use it. There are no scatter cushions there. <laughs> well, it's it can it's got the potential to just really scale and be this absolutely fantastic production. Oh can you, when you think about Simi's flat and what they can do with that and how gorgeous they can make it. And, and the, the fashion. <gasps> oh, the clothes. Oh, my God, oh, the clothes. Be amazing. When is it, do you know when it will be hitting screens? They're hoping to shoot back end of next year and have it on screens very early 2023. So we've got so, we've got time to build excitement around yeah. the book. Yeah, we have. And while. now I've got your numbers. We're going to need lots of extras for the Owen Bear scene. So you girls could be rocking oh my Ash God, and dying. Oh, oh my absolutely. God, I love I've that. got your digits, Jess and Lloyd. I should have them on standby. <laughs> More importantly, Nikki, we've got yours. <laughs> I will remind you. <laughs> I'm there. That's cool. Yeah, that party scene sounded I well. Know. It just absolutely incredible. It sounded like the kind of party I'd like to be at. There's I've gossip, never actually been to Sky outfits. Garden, so I based it all on Google searches <laughs> and imagination. And I'm actually now scared to go to Sky Garden in case it doesn't live up to the Sky Garden in my book. <laughs> Oh my God, brilliant. And so tell us about the book coming out then. So what date is it released and available to buy? 
So it comes out on Thursday, the 6th of January, which is now only about four weeks away. So we're at the pointy end of this challenge and it's just after Christmas. And I'm actually really glad because the waiting will be over. There's a lot of waiting in publishing. So 6th of January, of course, you can pre-order now, but 6th, it'll be out in all the stores, which will be super exciting I yeah. can't wait to go into a bookshop and actually and see, see my it. book yeah no, and also friends I've told about this they're like have you really written a book is it really <laughs> coming back because you told me so long ago so yeah. like, yes it is a lot yeah I'm I've a big a special fan pink of... pen to sign, to sign oh my amazing signature. Jess you got your sign didn't you I did when we met hey. I was like right, I'm getting my proof copy mm-hmm. and I'm getting this sign. it's gonna be worth millions one day oh, yes <laughs> and um for any listening I am a big fan of pre-ordering books between Christmas and New Year's because January is such a depressing time that if you pre-order it now it will arrive on the 6th of January is a bit of a surprise you might forget about it and then you've got this present coming to you in the post so I it's a it's a high reco from us that you do get this yeah, one we on love pre-order. a self-gift <laughs> big big, big <laughs> self-gifting fans yeah. And it's a perfect January read, I think, because it's uplifting, it's fun, it's funny, there it's are dark moments, down. very hard to put down. Yeah. So it will get you through those January blues. Thank you, this is so kind. And in January, we all want to escape. So exactly. escape into a lot of Wahala. What could be better? It's not your Wahala, it's somebody, <laughs> somebody yes. else's. As long as it's somebody else's and not ours. Yeah. I um. I, I mean, because obviously this book is already doing so well and it's not even out, the fact that it's being adapted. I'm assuming that there's a lot of pressure for book two now. Are you now dealing with that? talk about book two. <laughs> book two is so hard. I yeah. thought book one was hard, but, 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 but with book one, you're writing away by yourself and there's no pressure, no yeah. expectation and no ticking clock going deadline, yeah. deadline. So yeah, book two is now. really hard. Um, I've done a shitty draft, which I'm now <laughs> pulling apart and trying to make sense yeah. of and I do like my book too but writing is just this I, I think I mentioned the self-doubt thing and it doesn't go away you know yeah. now it's almost worse I pick up pages and I think this is absolute rubbish and maybe I only had one book in me and maybe they're not even reading my book maybe somebody else's but fingers crossed <laughs> book two which is called Brown Girl in the Ring will at some point be sent off to my editors and fingers crossed they'll like it. I'm sure they will. We were talking, we did an episode about Sally Rooney's latest book and how because she's made such a name for herself and her books are such a success that like her new ones, there's just so much pressure for them to do well. I just can't even imagine. And it sounds like Wahala is going to be an absolute hit. Um, But I'm sure that Brown Girl in the Ring is going to be amazing as well. We'll be there. We'll we'll be reading it. (laughs) Exciting. Yeah. Love that it's named already. It's like a, I know. Well, like a the baby, name, isn't it? Yeah, the, na- <laughs> I, the name, the name of both books almost came first. And Brown Girl in the Ring. This is going to sound really up myself, but it's inspired by Mansfield Park. So it's a, it's that sort of um, somebody is taken out of their home and yeah. put into a different place. And the place she's put in is a house called The Ring in Somerset, and okay. she's brown. So Brown Girl in the Ring. So it sort yes. of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and Ooh. hopefully. Hopefully it'll be almost as good as Wahala. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it will be. I'm absolutely certain it will be. Um, Well, a huge congrats, Nikki. Honestly, it's been such a pleasure reading this book and chatting to you about it. Yeah, an honour. Like, I can't believe that we managed to read a book that we love so much and then also chat to the author before it's all even come out. It's a very pinch-me moment for us. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time. 
The honour is all mine. It's people like you that make books sell. And I am so grateful and so honoured that you've had me on your show. I really am. Not at all. Thank you. But before you go, we've got one question for you. And that is, can you give a book reco for our listeners of a book that you've all-time fave or maybe a recent one that you've loved? I'm going to recommend a book that's not out yet. One of the best things about being a writer is you get books before they're published. And this book is called Moonlight and the Perler's Daughter. And it's by Lizzie Pook. And it's set in, it's set in Australia in Perth on the islands of Perth. And it's, it's historical fiction. And the heroine Eliza is like the first feminist ever. So it's this historical fiction, adventure, feminist. There's pearls, there's shipwrecks, there's thunder, there's lightning there's tick, 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 sharks. Tick. <laughs> it's just such a rollicking read but it's also quite important because it sheds sheds a light on a really dark bit of British history when we had aborigines treated aborigines really badly uh-huh. in um, Australia so it's sort of got everything it ticks every box but it's actually the best it's a good read oh we'll definitely I think it's out in March in Moonlight March. and the Perler's Daughter tick okay. tick we'll put it in the show notes for yeah. the listeners to go and pre-order as well excellent all right thank you so much nick it's been such a joy to chat to you thank you jess thank you lauren cheers <laughs> cheers. cheers and enjoy the festive break i can't wait and I'm all fingers crossed for launching <laughs> <Jan>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank, thank you, you. The theme for this month's Books That Matter box is Reclaim Her Name and includes a copy of beautiful Virago edition, the classic, The Dud Avocado by Elaine Dundee. It's also full of goodies, including some vegan hot chocolate, which is just so perfect for December. So if you'd like to win a box this month, there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you listen on Apple, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and screenshot and share on your Insta, tagging at the records so we can count your entry that way. Entries for the November box close on Monday the 27th of December and will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 29th of if you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry. It's a monthly competition, so still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever box it is at the time. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.